like mm-hmm. in any crisis and you can always find the helpers and like when you find the helpers you find hope you find beauty you find love and so i mean cody and i witnessed that firsthand today when you have all of these like donation drives literally getting to the point where they had to turn down donations because they had too much stuff like that happened in multiple places in the twin cities um this weekend which is a remarkable thing so like uh it's it's i mean it's very like there's a lot of a lot of collective there's a lot of pain a lot of hurt a lot of just stuff uh in our in our country right now and it's it's all just being exacerbated by quarantine and then um but even amidst all of that, you still see the best parts of humanity if you look for it. And it's like it's like you look for those helpers, you go find the helpers, you look for the collateral beauty, and it's like, okay, how do we, how do we, in the middle of all of this, how do we still find a way together to move forward to ever better destination? You know, it's like what I was like. It's it's being part of that trajectory upward and just finding ways um is like i mean for all the destruction there is still beauty to be found see what crappens <laughs> uh, a cheery start. A, yeah, I had a one of the guys that I um, went to high school with and like did high school sports with. Zach Rethemel was his name, and he, he would say the funniest stuff like that. Just the random, most random things of like he would walk into class or like walk be like a track practice and be like, "What's crapping?" <laughs> it's just uh, it, was, it cracked me up so so much. He was, oh, he was gosh. hilarious, but, um, well, uh, Cody, uh, welcome to the podcast, my brother, oh, thank you. for those that, yeah, for those that don't know, uh, Cody, um, and his, his real first name actually is not Cody. Um, it's, it's Correct. Michael, but he goes by Cody. See, um, okay. I'm, re- I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm actually really relieved to hear that that is the truth. Uh, I cannot tell you part of the reason that uh, here's another fourth wall break for you. Uh, part of the reason that I was a little tardy in sending along the invitations to this room to record the podcast right now uh, is that I went back to my Instagram so many times and typed in Cody Heisman so many times and then looked at that email address that was Heisman M <laughs> at central so many times like, Oh, there's something wrong here. Like, <laughs> what have I forgotten? Well, I, I screwed up already. Uh, I have the same confusion with my students every year. doesn't matter how many times I go through it. I still inevitably get emails that go to the wrong person. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I, Cody, I don't know that I actually know the, what is the origin of that? When did that start? Uh, from my understanding, it started way, I mean, even before I can remember, but our dad's name is also Michael. Um, and so when they were naming me, um, mom had babysat a kid, his name was Cody, and they liked the name. 
but they didn't like the sound of Cody Michael Heisman as much as Michael Cody Heisman. Um, and so that's where they had me go by Cody, which obviously then was my middle name, to try to avoid confusion with my dad and being a you know another Michael or Mike, uh, so to speak, with mail or different things like that. So it just more created confusion than every day that first day of class. Uh, Michael Heisman? Uh, yeah, that's me. I go by Cody. Oh, well, where does that come from? It's my middle name. So I just got used to it that way. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite random facts about your name is that it's one initial away from the initials of our high school so connor we went to mchs and michael cody heisman is mch and so the running joke was always if he named his child michael cody heisman jr then his full initials would be mchs which is our high school four more years Four more years. Four more years. <laughs> Never turn the page. Never turn the page. No, why not? So, uh, no, we've talked in the past about how my uh, the friends that I grew up with, we've started doing uh, trivia where one person writes all the trivia about whatever they want, and then typically one round is about themselves, right? Uh, and we had that trivia this week, uh, Friday night, and – uh, for whatever reason, this week more than in the past, there were just there's just so much high school nostalgia bundled up into four rounds of trivia. Uh, probably because she had a lot of pictures. She had, well, actually one of the oh, it was Allie, you, who, who you know, who we had on. Uh, one of her her uh, questions for the trivia was she took everyone's senior photo and she took everyone's senior quote, and we had to match up whose was whose. Lots of cringeworthy high school senior quotes. Let me tell you. Did you get some of the awkward senior pictures in there too? Oh yeah, some real gems. Uh, one of my friends, Corey, was like, he's got like an empty picture frame over his shoulders, and he's kind of looking down in a really artsy way. Uh, all of us had way just our hair was just aggressively long because that was cool then. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of good stuff. See, the glory days, they always come back. Right? Always. Always. So um, I think maybe just so that we don't forget it, and I'll, I'll just acknowledge uh, right now, I'm actually just in case it's coming through at all, um, I'm on my little patio here in Minneapolis, and so there's a chance you'll be able to pick up some specifically right now. I don't know if you can hear that siren. Mm-hmm. Um, in the background, there's some sirens and, uh, you know, uh, just for historical reference, if people don't listen to it on it, like if they listen to it in the future, um, it, so it's May 31st, 2020. And so, uh, a lot of stuff going on in Minneapolis right now. And, um, so that is going to be, that's going to be in the background um and that was partially intentional uh as kind of like a point of reference and like a reminder of um i guess uh, without getting too deep into it right now just uh, we've got a long way to go uh, as human beings you know and as a country i guess um both imperfect both will always be imperfect both can always be improved and should be and we should strive to improve them um yeah yeah 
But anyway, so that's if you hear that background noise, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. How? Um, um, sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to step on on Cody's toes. We're officially almost seven minutes in, and we're yet to really let the man introduce himself outside of where his name came from. Uh, I'm curious to hear uh, how are you both as being in Minneapolis right now? Um, how how are you guys doing? Uh, so it'll be interesting to hear what Cody says as a, as a visitor for a few days, what his thoughts are. Um, one of the really interesting things I think you see in our parents called us today and kind of highlighted this again for me is it's like, you know, I'm not a big news watcher guy. I don't have cable. Um, but I'm told that by various people from outside the cities, all who have texted me and like asking me if I'm safe and if I'm okay. And like, what's going on. I think the perception is that all of Minneapolis is burning and unsafe and like chaos. Um, But I mean, I have yet to feel unsafe um, or like threatened in any way. Uh, There's definitely a lot of unrest, understandable. Um, And like we were driving in St. Paul today and, and, it was my first encounter with where the fires did actually occur. And so we saw a couple like a Walgreens. Um, I can't remember what the, what the other places were. Well, because they weren't. Well, in some places you couldn't even tell what they were anymore. Yeah. 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 But all you, you just see the rubble. Um, and that was pretty, it's just hard. It's hard to fathom. I don't, it's like, I don't know that I've processed it yet. And so it's so, I don't know, because we're still in the throes of it still, there's just so much going on in my head. And I, 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 I feel, I mean, so this is what we were talking about a little bit about how I almost said, I, I almost texted you and told you that I'm just not in like the mental headspace to do a podcast. Cause I feel so distracted and disoriented and like, so many thoughts going through my head and like just we've talked in the past about one of the major obstacles, even starting this podcast was just being so worried that we were going to say the wrong thing and say like, like mess up, mess up the words. And so it was, I just felt like the, I felt my own tendency, like a desire to disengage because uh, I was afraid of saying the wrong thing, but I realized that's that's probably the exact opposite, like the exact thing I need to push back against um, is like, n- like not when that kind of desire to disengage wells up is probably a good cue of like, you need to lean into this and it probably means there are some hard conversations they have to have and all that stuff. And so at this point, I'm still just trying to make sense of it. And I, I'm not, I don't know that I'm ever going to make sense of it, but it's weird. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's like it. you have the quarantine COVID stuff and then you layer this on top of it. And it's just like, it's just confusion layered upon confusion. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, there's, it's weird. It's a weird it's weird. It, it's, it is, and that's where I would say just coming to, again, not living in Minneapolis, um, I 
would agree with what Noel was talking about. There's not a time where I've felt threatened or um, unsafe with what we were going about and doing uh, and where we, we were just traveling around. It was surreal to see some of the structures today as we were uh, in the St. Paul area and even going through Minneapolis a little bit and think about just the the issues, um, just all the different thoughts that everyone's having right now. Everyone's trying to process it just like we are. Um, again, it's a lot different situation um, in just the different regions and different things, but there's, there's so much to, to think about and to process with this, um, with the change um, that needs to happen with some things and just the understanding. But again, I think for the most part, I mean, we haven't been out late, so there hasn't been that side, but people are doing the rights that they have. Um, and the, again, the, there hasn't been anything where it seems to be for us, at least when we were going through and doing the things where it was scary, problematic. Um, so, it's it's been interesting. I mean, I live in a, a smaller town in the state of Iowa, so it, it, it's it's just different. I've mean, been to Minneapolis before, and it's just with COVID and all of this, just the amount of people to downtown Minneapolis, there's just, it's not there. Um, seeing the businesses as we were going around, you know, with all the boarded up windows, and just the not a lot of people walking around, just the sheer number of cars not going through the road. It's it's just a, a a surreal time, and you think, you know, it's the protests going on, but you couple that with the other factors of COVID, which is there's not a time like any of us have had this, and hopefully there's not another time like any of us will again have this situation in our life. You know, you think back when we're 70, 80, 90 years old, and you think about this situation, what are the stories that you're going to tell? What are the things that are going to come out of this that you can point to? Okay, this was that time. I remember living through that time. Because you think about all the old stories when, at least what we had, and I remember from our grandparents talking about, you know, just the different situations and how that shaped who they were, how they came about how they interacted and the different things like that. Yeah. Um, the only, the other thing I would mention too, is just, I couldn't help. I mean, so we talk a lot about collateral beauty on this podcast and it's like, and I, I think it's uh, Mr. Rogers who has the, the kind of, um, the, I, I don't know. It's like blurb or whatever about always looking for the helpers. Like in any crisis, and you can always find the helpers. And like when you find the helpers, you find hope, you find beauty, you find love. And so, I mean, Cody and I witnessed that firsthand today when you have all of these like donation drives, literally getting to the point where they had to turn down donations because they had too much stuff. Like that happened in multiple places in the Twin Cities um, this weekend, which is a remarkable thing. So like uh, it's it's. I mean, it's very like there's a lot of a lot of 
collective there's a lot of pain a lot of hurt a lot of just stuff uh in our in our country right now and it's it's all just being exacerbated by quarantine and then um but even amidst all of that you still see the best parts of humanity if you look for it and it's like it's like you look for those helpers you go find the helpers you look for the collateral beauty and it's like okay how do we how do we in the middle of all of this how do we still find a way together to move forward to ever better destination you know it's like what i was like it's it's being part of that trajectory upward and just finding ways um is like i mean for all the destruction there's still beauty to be found and i think that is probably one of the more encouraging things that came out of today for me even if it's still just a lot of confusion but connor over on the you know east coast side i don't know what are their perceptions i mean being here in minneapolis kind of obviously the epicenter of it you know we have that that lens that we're looking at it but how is the lens would you say from what everything's going on for where you are uh it's it's different uh it is it's definitely different and i think that my personal perspective is even more different than probably the the story that uh, another vermonter for example might might tell you um you know it's it, it is all over the news uh, you know, what really, regardless of where you're turning, you're going to hear it and, and see it in some way, shape or form. Um, and unfortunately with the state of, uh, media and broadcasting being what it is and different, you know, channels and affiliates having their particular agendas and their backers and, and things of that nature that, you know, depending on where you're getting it from, you're going to hear and see very different stories, uh, even of the same events. Uh, and I've found that I personally have have a, an entire another layer on top of that um, as I see what comes out of the national news outlets, um, you know, broadcasting a lot of the look at the look at the violence, look at the rioting, look at the fires, look at the it's, a, a, you know, actually inappropriate word choice, but the the quote unquote, the glam and the glitz. Uh, you know, the stuff that's easily put on to news, the the people that are being attacked and, and whatnot, and you don't get much of the story behind what you're seeing. You just, you just see it. Uh, and then I, I see on, you know, my personal social media accounts and um, from closer friends of people that are, uh, you know, that are out there making those donation drives happen and that are contributing um, people that are, you know, sitting in a, a Costco parking lot, packing up lunches to go and drop off um, people that are reporting, you know, staying up 24 hours straight to stand out by small businesses to ensure that, you know, uh, uh, rioters and looters can't come and break into them uh, in the middle of the night and, and disobeying curfew in order to do so. Uh, it's it's been fascinating for me to see and you know taking all of that somewhat with a grain of salt uh, as you know you can never, you never really know what's going on but 
you know, giving those people with whom I'm closer on a personal basis, the benefit of the doubt and trusting that their word is true. Uh, it's interesting. It's fascinating to see the discrepancy between what shows up on, you know, CBS news hour or, or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And what shows up on X's Instagram story or Y's Facebook posts. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I think about it a lot. Uh, my, my head and my heart have been more in the Twin Cities over the last, you know, three, four days than probably more than ever. Um, and, it, and it kills me not to be able to be there uh, given everything that's going on. But I also, you know, I was getting a, li- a little off topic of the question, but I think it's important to be said. And Noah, we, we touched on this briefly before we started. Um. I think we lost you know, it, Connor. Go to you, there. Can you guys hear me okay? Uh, Noah, can you hear me? No. You can't. Shoot. Uh, maybe let this ride and. See if we can't lost connection to server attempting to reconnect. All right. Well, uh, sorry, folks. A little bit of a technical difficulty uh, as things unfold here. Uh, but you know, in keeping with uh, how how raw and real we've been, uh, I'm gonna maybe keep this in. Maybe let you guys hear it. Um, I'll, I'll keep going on my on my little monologue here, and we'll see if. We'll see if Noah and Cody come back. Uh, we talked about um, potentially not recording tonight, given everything that's going on. Uh, felt that maybe it was inappropriate, um, an inappropriate expression of our our privilege uh, and our position as as white men, especially. Um, you know, Noah alluded to it already. It, it kind of feels, kind of feels weird, and you kind of feel uninspired, and you can probably hear it, frankly, in our in the tone of our voices compared to, um, you know, podcast recordings over the last couple of weeks, last couple of episodes, um, and and we debated not doing it, uh, but here we are, and and we're we're rolling with it, uh, if for no other reason than. You know, not everyone is going to be able to be on the front lines of this. Um, you know, I, I alluded to it already, and it, you know, being physically in the state of Vermont, uh, it kills me to have to watch all this happening from afar, and, and knowing that I can't do more and be present. Um, and my heart goes out to all of my Minneapolis people that are there, doing anything and everything in their power to make good happen amidst all of the evil and chaos. Um, and for those that maybe feel uh, a little bit of paralysis in terms of what they, what you, what you can be doing and what you should be doing. Um, you know, Noah brought up the, the Mr. Rogers quote, look for the helpers. And there are some, there are some helpers. They're going to be, very easily identified. Uh, you know, you're going to see the people 
that are doing the collections. You're going to see the people that are at the protests. You're going to see the people that are standing out in front of businesses trying to keep them safe. But that doesn't mean that only those people are providing value to the situation. Um, so even if you're not a helper that is seen, I encourage you and I implore you to be a helper that is helping from near or afar in whatever way that you can, you know, lean hard into your ability to help find ways to help because goodness gracious, the world needs it right now. So, uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at. I'm going to, I'm going to cut this here and see if we can't get reconnected, but, um, stay with us. We'll, we'll get this all figured out. So, uh, apologies, uh, there, you may or may not have just heard a, a somewhat sharp cut. Uh, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty on our end and, and to be honest, I mean, you guys, if you've been listening for a while, you know, Noah and I are, are ramblers at heart. So it's probably going to be hard to get, uh, get things exactly picked back up to where they were, but we're going to do our darndest here, uh, make things happen. Um, Noah, perhaps refresh my memory. Uh, what do you, do you remember what exactly we were just talking about or? No. Yeah. Oh, no, I think well, we just lost Noah. Yeah. We lost Noah again, man, man, Noah. He's, uh, he's jumping in and out. He's he's got the dance moves going already. Right <laughs> foot in, right foot out. Oh no, Cody! Uh, this is the first time we suckered a guest into a comfort <laughs> challenge. <laughs> how did uh, how did it go? Uh, it was good. Uh, I did like it as well. Um, most of the times, except for I guess the one just recently, the third shower. Um, because of our circumstances changing, but the other two I had done actually after a workout. So it was even a little bit different for me because my body temperature was still up. Um, and I, just for everyone out there listening to, I did a f- my whole shower cold. I didn't start hot, go cold, and then finish warm. It was cold from the get-go. Nice. So as soon as you step in, you know, there was always a some words that were spoken just to, to try to get through <laughs> the beginning um, to work kind of through that. Um, and I, I made it a point too when I was going through this that I'd always have, I wouldn't just touch, get into the shower and then step away so the water wasn't hitting me and then back under. I always was underneath the water um, at some point. And so I think you guys had alluded to it in the last one. You know, it's, it's kind of that initial piece. You know, if you think back to when you had the old ice baths and stuff like that, that beginning, the first four or five minutes, you know, that just sucks. Um, and so the same thing here, not that my showers were four or five minutes, but that still that initial, that first part when it gets you, kind of takes your breath away. Uh, you know, it's so counterintuitive when you think about a shower, you think about going into somewhere warm and then it's cold and you go through that, but as our, our body's designed, you know, it's, it's needed adapts. It doesn't, it adapts to the temperature, but the part that was the best was when you get out. I just like the feeling, um, of kind of the blood coming back and what Noah alluded to that clarity a little bit in your mind. Cause in my opinion, you get just a little bit more of that blood rushing to your extremities. Cause it was all trying to go to your core. 
And so just kind of that, that nature that you feel um, when you get that warmth back and you change that body temperature, you work a little bit on your fight or flight response with some of that stuff. That's what I just kind of enjoy was kind of that uh, renewed sense of self a little bit when that got done. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I, uh, uh, I, I agree that cold showers are something that I would, that I'm going to be intentional about continuing to, to practice and to, to include in my routine. Uh, I don't know how regular they're going to be right off the bat, but I definitely recognize the value uh, in them, both uh, physiologically and, and, you know, psychologically and spiritually, emotionally, really in all, in all areas. Uh, I was able to get into uh, Lake Champlain um, nice. you know, fortunate, fortunate to be able to live on the lake, which makes things very convenient. Um, and to be honest, I don't know that of all of the comfort challenges, uh, I think this is the one that I would have had the hardest time, uh, kind of dodging my way around, right? Like I, I could have taken three cold showers, uh, but I, I knew that, you know, the lake was right there and it was convenient and, um, you know, even though today was colder than it's been the last couple of days, it was probably about 50, 54 degrees, mid fifties, uh, when I went into the lake itself, uh, my mom, uh, who I've talked about before on the podcast is an avid listener. And I had told her about the comfort challenge, uh, prior to her listening to last week's episode. And then she, uh, she took a little road trip and, and listened to the podcast while she was on, while she was driving comes back in with this big fat grin on her face uh, and looks at me and goes, so when are you jumping in the lake? When are you, when are you going? Uh, and so she, I, I decided I was going to do it and I walk outside and she was doing a little bit of yard work or something. And she looks at me and goes, oh, wait, 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 hold on. Give me your phone. I'm going to record it. I'm going to record it. I'll be right there. Uh, and she was, she made, she all but pushed me in the lake. Uh, it, it seemed <laughs> like. Um, so that was, that was a nice little bit of accountability. Uh, to be honest, I thought the lake dunk was easier than the shower, uh, if for no other reason than, you know, once you're in and you're out, then you're in and you're out. It's not like in the shower where you stand there underneath the cold running water for a sustained period of time. Um, and Cody, like you, I did my my cold showers uh, as cold as I could get the water from start to finish. Um, and, you know, while I was in it, I certainly wish that I had done it another way. Uh, but after the fact, I'm, I'm grateful to have, to have approached it the way that I did. I think it is an invaluable, uh, experience for us as privileged white males. Um, you know, for our experience of, I can't breathe. I'm so uncomfortable to be, uh, a cold shower that we willingly subjected ourselves to, um, in essence, you know, to, to be able to say that we did it. Right. And then, and then contrast that with, uh, the experience of, of George Floyd and as an African-American male and him being representative of, of the African-American community, uh, their expression of, I can't breathe being in George's tragic and horrific case, literally an, an inability to, to bring oxygen into his body that ultimately led to his death. And as it stems out to the larger African-American community, um, you know, the, the systemic oppression that exists 
for them to where it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, you know, it feels, it feels wrong to complain about like, I just took a cold shower. I couldn't breathe. And then you think about what's going on in the world. It's like, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's the same, but with the biggest asterisk that you can possibly fathom slapped right next to it. Right. And like, and in saying this, I'm not trying to say that I understand uh, the experiences of persons of color. Uh, I don't, right. Like that I have more privileges probably than I'm even aware of. Um, But, you know, it's even, even something like the concept of I can't breathe is so fundamentally different in ways that we maybe never would have even considered if not for the recent events. Um, but I think that it's important we we do consider them and that we we have that perspective shift. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it too. It's just not that you need to make a big leap, but just to start. I mean, I think that's part of the whole process too, is not being stagnant in the situation. Um, again, just for with any perspectives, different things, you know, how can people help? Like what some of the things that we did today, it's it's not going to solve the issue in one day, but it, it's still a, it's a, a piece to the puzzle. It's something to help gain some different perspective um, to have conversations that might lead to something um, down the road. And so, I, I mean, that's always one of the hardest parts, right? Is just starting um, that first step. You know, sometimes the first step is, is the hardest step. And it's always helpful too, when, when you have somebody to take that step with uh, and to work through. And again, I don't, as you guys were stating, um, don't have the same perspective, never will. Um, but it's in what ways can we all help the human race, the human society, um, be better together. Yeah. Uh, did we lose him? He said his internet went out. He's just going to come inside. What What was the last thing you heard? Uh, you were starting to talk about uh, experiences as college football players and the diversity of a locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still, yeah, we're still rolling. Got it. Uh, well, the only point I was trying to make is it's like having lived in that environment our whole lives, like we, we see how people can come together, and I think it – makes it easier to 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 think there isn't a problem because in our worlds there may be like we haven't seen it because we've seen the ability of people to come together and like be on a team and like I don't I don't know what I'm what I'm saying is probably miserable, miserably wrong but it feels like it um at least has made me think to myself recently of, you know, there are definitely problems 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to say other than it's like I, very clearly I think there are problems that I that I've dismissed in the past because partially because you see a you see in like a college locker room how it's like some of my best friends were you know like CJ for instance. It's like I don't know. You're on that team. You love each other. You love each other hard, and it's like it can become easy to think that that is the way it is everywhere. Um, and it's, it's not, uh, I don't know if that makes sense what I'm trying to say, but I'm Mm -hmm. like noodling through even what I'm trying to say. Oh, good. And I, even part of, this is where I think, and I know I'm going to own my perspective here, obviously dealing with sports a lot in my life, but you know, I think that's some of the power that you can get with sports or just different activities like that is you can bring together so much, so many different people with different backgrounds. You come together and you form relationship, you form these bonds, you get to know, you know, just so many different people that come from so many different environments and different perspectives you, and then you you work for a common goal and you, you you can even look at it say with like the military when you go through basic training or when you go through um, and you have different missions you know I have some really good friends that um, went and they serve this country and they again we'll just talk about some of those experiences of how you just can come together um, no matter where you where you came from what your skin color is um, what your beliefs are. And so I think that's just some of the neat things too, that can come from all of that. Um, and again, selfishly, I'm going to say that I do hope that, you know, once the COVID's, you know, we can start to uh, get this settled down a little bit. I'm hoping that sports come back sooner rather than later. Not, and again, because I, I think Sports are fun to watch, but I think there's just so many other lessons, so many great things um, besides just the thrill of competition that come along with sports. I, I couldn't agree with you both more. And, and uh, no, I think you're exactly right in the point of uh, the, the collective, you know, the team um, unity and, and the camaraderie that happens in a locker room um, because, you know, you, you, all show up in the context of sport with this new shared goal of, you know, whether it be win the game or win this championship or be the best team ever, you know, whatever it is, right? Every single person inside of that locker room is now unified to achieve that outcome and that outcome alone. And in the process of doing so, set aside anything and everything that may impede their ability to contribute towards that finish line, or at least the best teams do. You know, the best teams are ones that with everyone on the team that is bought in and everyone that's that's rowing the boat in the same direction, right? And uh, Cody, I also agree with what you're saying that I, I I definitely want sports back sooner than later, selfishly as a consumer, uh, but selflessly as someone who recognizes the benefit 
that sport can have on achieving and creating that level of unity and, and togetherness. Uh, and, and where my mind goes is, you know, how do, how, how can we leverage sport, uh, whether that be the experiences of the athletes present, uh, or the experiences of athlete past, as is the case of, of us three, um, you know, how do we, how do we leverage our experience with creating that level of, of absolute unity towards a common goal? How do we bring that and translate that outside of the context of sport? You know, how do we, how, how does one even begin to, to unify the team quote unquote, that is the human race and get everyone to work towards the goal, which is, you know, depending on how you want to phrase it, uh, true equality, equity, um, you know, uh, justice, fairness, uh, freedom, you know, whatever the word becomes. Um, yeah. And I don't, and I don't yet know what the answer to that is. Yeah. I don't either, but the going to going back to sports, I think it's like, I, it, it's getting out there and like, you know, in sports, you, it's like blood, sweat and tears together. Right. Like, that's when you get to know each other. Like you see it struggle together and like you go through all that hard crap. And so I, I think a good start is getting out in the community and like spending time with each other and like rebuilding this, like rebuilding Minneapolis together, like side by side, hand in hand, all of that stuff. Um, and so it's like sweating, working together to like build this community. And, and like, I can't help but feel like that's a pretty good start. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but anyway, now that we've gone, however long we've gone between the multiple <laughs> hiccups, which seems fitting for the stuff going on right now. Um, but uh, we've now gone, however long we've gone and not let Cody officially introduce himself. So <laughs> now it's time, I suppose. Yeah, please. So, uh, um, again, welcome, uh, uh, again, with all of the stuff we have going on. As it was stated, I am um, Noah's older, yet smaller brother. Um, well, it depends It depends what <laughs> metric we're talking about. We're talking about height? Yes. <laughs> Weight, we are about the same. Um, I am a um, professor in, of exercise science down at a... Um, small Division three school in Iowa, in Pella, Iowa. I, I teach uh, classes that deal with the human body, how it moves, how it works. So anatomy and, physiolo anatomy and physiology and anatomy and kinesiology have been uh, the predominant classes that I have taught. Um, I just finished my eighth year teaching there, so I've been doing it for a little bit now. Wow. Awesome. And uh, I do also stay active with other things, not only just in my own life, but I do help. Um, they let me tag along with some of the football uh, team and help with coaching there. And then I also do um, middle school track in the spring. So, all right. Which is always kind of funny because 
track was never a huge thing for me um, as an athlete myself. Um, I did do it a year in college, my last spring semester. But other than that, I did a lot of speed work throughout life. But as far as actually being a track athlete, uh, and they only let me do 100s anyways. Uh, when I did, I think I ran just a handful of, of twos and I think only ran one 400 in my life. You're, you're better off, man. Uh, I loved it, man. I loved track. I was, I think, I think maybe, we maybe talked about it in the past of like how we had the option to do one, one year of sport after our four years of eligibility ran for football. And my, like, if I could go back and do it all over again, uh, I wish I would have done track the spring after my um, last year of football, but I didn't want to go to school the extra semester. Then I made that decision then not to go to school the extra semester. Right. I get that. And I, I, I I loved my time doing track and field. I quickly fell in love with that sport. Uh, And I don't, I don't mean to, when I say you're better off, I don't mean you're better off without track. I mean, you're better off without running a bunch of 400 meters. That race race absolutely Um, sucks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, But I loved it. Yes, it sucked. And like some of the worst I've ever felt after any sort of physical activity, I feel like 80% of those were a result of running 400s. But yeah, it's something about, yeah, something about like, I don't know. Something about it I just loved. And let's get this too. Noah was a smooth runner. I was not. I was a, a scooter, I guess you could call it. <laughs> yeah. I was just taller. I, I had longer strides. It's uh, I don't know what would you if you if you had that extra or you would you pick track? Uh, I would maybe go back for another year of track. In fact, so I actually, uh, there was, there was a, an, albeit very small, there was a stretch of time where I had a, I was fortunate to have a, a good bit of success throwing the javelin, um, outdoors and obviously outdoors, you don't throw a javelin. Oh, in the uh, yeah, no, no, unfortunately not. Uh, I, I had a, a decent bit of success um, throwing the javelin my junior year and the beginning of my senior year. Uh, and there were talks for a little while about the prospect of my um, going to the University of Minnesota for a graduate degree and using my last year of eligibility to throw there, um, which didn't pan out, uh, didn't end up pursuing. Um, but you know, yeah, the opportunity was at least on the table for at least like half on the table for a little bit. And that was really enticing. Um, I would definitely do any other year of track and field. Uh, if I was, if I was half worth my weight on a pair of skates, I would love to get better at playing hockey. Uh, I, I always tell myself hockey's the one that got away. I wish I was, I wish I was better <laughs> at that. Um, what other, what other sports have I always been entranced by? I mean, like, does, like, intramural dodgeball count? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Sign me up for another year of that. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you do do Murph on Monday, Connor? Uh, No, I did not end up doing Murph on Monday. I did a a Murph variant, if you will, uh, threw the vest on and did uh, 
200 push-ups, 200 sit-ups, 300 air squats unpartitioned. Uh, didn't get my running in and didn't get my pull-ups in uh, just for lack of equipment and uh, frankly fear that my now baby hands were just going to rip in half. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I didn't. Did uh, Did you? Did you guys? Yeah. Yep. Mine was, mine was a little modified on Monday. I had the same, the pull-up bar wasn't there. So I did a different lat extension exercise and I did 150 instead of 100, but I did everything else. There you go. Noah? Yep. I actually did it twice. I did it on, not on, that's, not that's on Monday. That's why I didn't do it because I knew you had my back. <laughs> you had me I did one. Well, I had no intention of doing it twice. I did it on Monday. Um, and then Cody came Thursday night and then Friday afternoon we went back to the Hopkins high school and it was just like warming up. And I just went on a jog to start like a jog. I was going to go on a jog for a warm up, And basically I just like got about 200 meters into the jogs. Like I'm going to go again. I'm going to go for it again. And so I, and then I just kept running and then, oh, man. <laughs> and I, I got, I shaved off about a minute and a half for my time. Oh, I'm not quite, wow. not quite that much. Okay. All Actually, right. Like exactly a minute. A little over a minute. Yeah, a little that's, over a minute. That's not insignificant though. That's how'd well, you uh how'd you how'd you tackle the, the 100, 200, 300? Uh I different approaches both times. And so the first time I did this the 20 rounds. Um, you know, five five pull-ups, ten push-ups, fifteen air squats. The second time I did it, I front loaded the the air squats, and so I I doubled up on air squats for the first fourteen sets, and so for the first fourteen sets I did thirty air squats. So I did five pull ups, ten push ups, thirty air squats. Okay. Thought being I wanted to give my legs a little rest before I got to the second mile because that's what killed yep. me the first time, and so that's how I approached it the second time. And my legs felt amazing, but man, I tell you what, the hardest part of that whole thing, I think is the, the first 400 of the second mile mm. when you just like cannot breathe again, yeah, just totally going back to can't breathing, but it's like, yeah, that, that, that is the hardest point for me yeah. at least. Uh, Cody, I'm curious to get your perspective as a professor of physiology, uh, I'd be willing to bet that across the country, there were a whole lot of people who were so wildly undertrained and underconditioned that went out and did Murph for the sake of doing Murph. Uh, where do you land on the do it versus don't and why versus why not debate that may or may not stem from that? Our 58 year old dad, how old is he? Oh, about 58, 59. right? 59. 59. He did a half. No, he did the full. He did the full? Mom did. Mom did just over half. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's this is the most righteous still- conversation. Oh. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, our, our parents uh, decided to do it as well. And we thought originally my dad was going to do half. My mom was going to do quarter. But I think then they kept going. And they ended up, my our dad did the full thing. And... Our mom, she had to modify it a little bit, I think, with the pull-ups um, as well. But she did over half of it. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> and I mean, it's been a little bit different too. They stay active. Um, but even they said when I was talking to them about it a little bit that they haven't been quite as active with their normal workout routine stuff because of some of the COVID stuff, but it's nice for them because they have the setup in their basement. Um, so they can do everything. Basically oh, yeah, right there. That is nice. That is handy. They're absolutely unbelievable. Like, yeah, if I'm if I'm if I'm half the man, our I can Cody will agree with this. Like, if I'm half the man, my dad is when I'm 58, or even like, there is there is no person you could like. There's a there's a sign that that's in our garage that says, uh, "Um, my dad is a true measure of a man," and it's got a it's got a, a, a tape. measuring tape, and it's <laughs> like that. It's like. Yeah, he is, and it's it, I mean, it's it's evidenced in something like him doing the Murph, and then him and my mom sending like pictures and videos that were just the <laughs> the coolest, like the most nerdy, like parent thing you could think of. They have like like an like American flag hanging on the barbell in the background. Like it was just, oh, it was wow. so it was so perfect, and I was truly, just like, man, truly like, iconic I'm, imagery. Yeah, it's like I, I hope I'm doing the Murph at 58 or whatever. Uh, well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. May 31st, 2020, Noah made the declaration that on his 58th birthday, him and Connor are going to complete a full Murph. <laughs> uh, it will happen. It will happen at the Oasis Lodge or the name name yeah. to be determined. Cannot wait. And Cannot will- wait collectively collapse into the ice ice tubs upon completion. Um, I'll get it. We, uh, did you do, you did death by, when did you do death by pushups? Uh, I did it yesterday. Yeah. 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 I did it okay. yesterday. Yeah. Which, uh, right, how to go describe it to me. Well, so this is the first time that I did it by the books. And what I mean when I say that is I started at one. And yeah. went all the way up by singles. I think in the past, uh, just knowing my relative capacity and comfortability with push-ups, I had started at you know, like twelve or thirteen or something, uh, and just gone up with with singles from there. Um, it was it, it was I mean a, the classic death by workout experience where things start out and you feel invincible, and then there's one minute that just hits you and you quickly realize like, Oh, sure. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> That's how this is going to go. Uh, and I felt that, um, I told myself I was going to have a strategy and then it kind of fell apart as I went. Uh, you know, eventually you just get to a point where you're just trying to muster as many repetitions as you possibly can and hoping to, to hit the mark prior to the minute turning over. Um, I finished, uh, I got through the round of 25 and got 18 repetitions into the round of 26, which was, I don't know. I was happy with that. Uh, all things considered having, you know, in the midst of 75 hard, it's not like I was super fresh necessarily, but, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't chasing your, your, uh, through the round of, of 26 and however many reps into 27 
that'll that'll remain my mark to beat. You'll be my you'll be my my pace dog that I'm chasing or my my pace rabbit. So that reminded me, no, that that's actually something that um for whatever reason I was thinking about it when I was doing the Murph the second time because I literally went back I joke about like going back to the graveyard, but like scene of the crime, the first place that I did it um, on Monday. And, uh, and so while I was going, did you ever play Mario Kart? Of course. Well, so, you know, like the ghost cart. Yes. And so it's like, I'm like working out and the whole time I'm like imagining what ghost Noah is doing and like how fast he was going on Monday. And I was like thinking about how that's such a good metaphor for just like the competition is you versus you, right? Like it's always you and the ghost version of yourself um, and like trying to push yourself to be better than that ghost. Like you're racing that ghost of you. Um, and I, I thought that was a super powerful thing. And it's, it's, I'm convinced part of the reason that I was able to go a minute faster than my time on Monday. And I would be interested I might do it again next week. Who knows? Um, Who knows? To see if I, can, if I can beat the ghost again. But see, that's yeah. part of, like, Connor, did you watch The Last Dance? Uh, no, I've not yet watched The Last Dance. Okay. Well, I mean, I won't spoil much with this because I think everybody knows how competitive Michael was. But, you know, that's one of the things that they talk about during this is he would basically find something to get him going. Uh, no matter what someone was doing, if they, you know, did a little slight here that nobody would think it was a slight, that's not what Michael would do in his head. He would create this, this thing to drive him, to, to push him to, to get him to work harder and, you know, not be outworked and kind of give him that, that edge, so to speak. So even if yeah. it's be like yourself, you know, it's one of those things of, yeah, what's your internal motivation? You know, one of my big things is always getting back to, well, what's your why? Yeah. yeah. I And I want to go back to that. But before I forget this, because this will continue to be one of the most powerful things of all time, that Goggins thing about how he talks about outworking the chart of yeah. like, you get up to heaven and there's a chart telling you what you should be. And so to me, when I was thinking about it, it's there's, you know, Maybe the actual ghost you should be racing is that, right? Like the person that mm. you, I think there are probably two ghosts that you're chasing. One is the ghost of yesterday. I mean, it kind of goes back to ghosts of girlfriends past. But it's like ghosts of yous, yeah, right? I, yeah, like, I know where you're going like, and I love it. Yeah, the ghost of the past that you're racing and trying to be better than. But there's also the ghost of the future that you're chasing, right? So like you're both being chased and chasing something, um, but all of it's driving you to be better and improve. Yeah. No, it's, that's actually, phenomenal. It kind of, I, I like this. So I think Noah had mentioned it before, like quotes, but it was a little bit different when I was a senior in high school. All of the uh, football players were given quotes on their lockers. I think a bunch of the dads uh, of football players had put together little quotes to put on everyone's locker, and they were all different. And I still remember because it's still a big one that I still like but it was average is as close to the bottom as it is to the top. Oh, wow. And so I've heard that before. It's just one of those things that, again, I, it stuck with me ever since my senior year of high school during that football. Cause it was like, 
you don't want you want to be average. You know, you're still going to be just as close to the bottom as you are to the top. You know, you can get into the, um, you know, some of the other thoughts that you know you don't take you don't stay stagnant. You always you're either getting better or getting worse. Where are you essentially putting uh, putting your sand? Um, you're yeah. putting your pebbles, whatever you want to use for your jar. Where are they going into? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear more, uh, Cody about the, the pursuit of why, um, and, and as a, as a a prep, I'm going to be asking you shortly about, um, you know, how you think we can most effectively figure out what that is in order to lean into it. Right. Um, before I formally ask that question, uh, I'm, the only bit of the last dance to come back to that, uh, the only bit of the last dance that I'm from that I'm that I've seen are, are basically like memes and whatnot that have been made and and put up around the internet and social media after those episodes come out. Uh, and as you were talking about, like Michael Jordan would find something to inspire him and to make it to make it a, a driving force for him, right? Uh, one of them that I saw that I would imagine will resonate with both of you having having watched it. Um, Sorry, Nala's got something to say, man. Nala's she's trying to spoil my she's trying to take my my punchline. This is classic <laughs> classic Nala shenanigans, if ever there, there was any. Uh, it's uh it's it's basically like a two-panel thing, top and bottom. Top panel is like some random Bulls fan saying, like, hey Michael, good luck tonight. And then on the bottom, it's it's Michael Jordan saying, and so that's when it became personal. <laughs> uh just uh I, I thought it was funny nala would have told it better than i did uh but <laughs> that's why she's uh, upset. Yeah. that's why she's upset she knew i was gonna blow it uh <laughs> so uh cody coming back around um i too am am a huge believer uh of the power and the importance of why and in fact uh i sit here looking at my copy of start with why by Simon Sinek, which I have not yet read, but is next on my list. Uh, and I'm curious to hear uh, you elaborate a little bit more and maybe delve into, um, you know, your experiences with why and, and your belief in why and how people can uh, cultivate and figure out what what their why is and how to bring that to life for themselves. Yeah, and so that's funny. I mean, that's essentially one of the big things that started to think, get me thinking about that was um, to start with why book by Simon Sinek as well. Um, he also has a, a pretty good YouTube video that just goes through what he deems is the golden circle. Um, hmm. So he gets into this. And so I'll, I know you're going to read the books, so you'll see it, but essentially he's got three, three different words that he goes through. So the, what, the, how, and the why. And so he sets it out as, th- as three different rings. So what is on the outside, how is in the middle, and why is on the inside. And so he talks with some pretty good examples, and I'll let you get to that, dive into that a little bit with the book. But essentially what he starts getting into is a lot of people try to go from outside in. So the, the easiest way to define is the what, you know, the outside stuff, that's the less fuzzy. Whereas as you move from outside in, then it gets, it's fuzzier, it's harder to kind of get to, yeah, what is that root of, of why? But that's where he makes the case of trying to go from the inside out. 
because that's the way that you're going to be able to be able to lead people, whether that's with a business. Um, I mean, he talks about it and even in the light of what's going on, like with what Martin Luther King was able to do is he had this firm why, and that's what drew people to him um, with that kind of stuff. And so that's always been one of the big things. Even now, um, every year I try to come up with uh, a word for the year. I know a lot of people do that. But the uh, last year, my word was why. Um, and hmm. so that's always the one that I, I, I just tried to think in situations. And so for myself, when I was going through that, and I, again, just from the, the growth that I've had, when I've gone through that, that's actually something that I use in class quite a bit too. Um, my students don't always... Um, like it, but you know, they'll ask me questions. We'll be going through say an exercise and we're breaking it down with joint motions and um, contraction types as well as what muscles are agonist or antagonist kind of thing. And then they'll raise their hand and they'll come over and they'll tell me certain things and they want me to say yes or no. Um, so they, I mean, basically they just want me to give them the answer to help them so that they know. And that's not my, my response. My response is I just ask why. And I tell them, I'm, I'm going to be like a two-year-old here. I'm just going to ask you why. Because for me, in that in that light, and it's the same way, even if you want to put it into a life circumstance, again, I want them to be able to un- explain to me because I, I don't know everything. I'll be the first person to tell you that. I have a little bit, obviously, an idea what's going on there, but I can't take the test for them. And so they need to be able to explain it because that's one of the big things I try to get to with classes. I don't want them just to be robotic. I want them to, you know, process that why so that when they're in a situation that maybe isn't by the books or, you know, isn't black and white, they can use their critical thinking. They can understand, okay, these are the processes. This is why we're going about it this way. So whether they're talking to a coworker, a client, um, a patient, anything that they're, they're dealing with, they have that knowledge, that background, instead of, well, this is just what I learned. And so I think it's important within someone's own life when you're going through there is really just sit down, reflect and take some time and think, well, you know, why in any situation, I think you can take and look at it in any situation. Um, But it comes down to, again, figuring out a little bit of, of who you are and, and what kind of drives you. And so some of the things so I've also been fortunate enough the last um, two spring semesters uh, I've taught a, a leadership class an honors class uh, with a colleague of mine um, down at the college, which has been a lot of fun. And so we dive into some of this stuff because the part that I do like a little bit too, and I don't want to say too much of the book here, Connor, but he, Simon does also get into the the physiological, the biological side um, of how we're kind of wired with this and, talks about the neocortex and the limbic system and different things like that of how we're kind of wired for this, this why. Um, but one of the things that we do when we try to figure out this why is you've probably done the exercises where you have this, a sheet of words and you can look them up online. You know, there's some of them that have four different, or sorry, 400 um, different words that you can choose and you break it down. Um, so say you have four columns of a hundred words, each column, you know, the first round, you're going to pick five words and then you get, so let's say now you're at 20 words. Now you're going to take those 20 words and you're going to separate it. Now break it down to just five total. 
uh, of ones that you feel describe you and who you want to be. And so essentially we use those and then we help develop basically the mission statement. So essentially your, your why. So it's not the what, it's not the how, it's what's internal, what's going to be something that's going to um, stick with you through the test of time. And not and again, it's, it's a fluid document. It's not a set in stone and tablet. It's something as we all are hopefully going through and we're doing, you know, when you read, you're taking little snippets here and there, you're learning from other people. So you're ever evolving, ever changing as a human being. And so that means your, your own personal statement, mission statement of who you are and what your why is, you know, is going to be probably different at 21 is when you're 31 is when you're 41 is when you're 51. Um, and so, you know, going through a little bit, but you have to have that introspection uh, a little bit and the self-awareness. Cause that's one of the other things that we get into is there's kind of, you know, with your emotional intelligence, that's, that's one of the big things that we can kind of change. Um, as human beings and understanding the different parts of, you know, self-awareness, self-management, um, social, social awareness and relationship management uh, are kind of the four that you're looking at. So when you start to look at those pieces and understand you know, that, that self-awareness side of, okay, well, these are the words that I think will, uh, if I asked five of my closest friends, they would also use to describe me. Um, We'll just use, say, loyalty or trust um, as two different examples there. And so those are those are words that are going to help drive and define who you want to be as a person. So then make your statement um, what's going to fit into that because those are your why. And again, the why is not necessarily I want to, you know, why is not going to be I want to be a, a millionaire. That's That's more of a result of something that could come and it could not. Um, right, right. It's, it's one of those things of what's going to get you up in the morning. You know, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you leave the house? Why mm -hmm. do you do what you do? Um, if you don't have a good question, then my, you know, my challenge would be to, well, really think, take some time to process of if that's not the case, then why are you doing it? And again, I know there's certain in scenarios and instances where it's not always going to be perfect, ideal. Um, but that doesn't mean it needs to change who you are or what you stand for. Uh, and so getting to that why, looking at those, those descriptive terms that you want to be, who you are as a person and who you want to be as a person, and then formulating what drives you there? Does that, I don't know. I kind of ran. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think, I think probably where most students and I find myself thinking in my own head is I, I think the, the, the hardest part for anybody, right. Is like, how, like for somebody that doesn't have it, like, like again, going back to where do you even start? Like not knowing where to start um, and like finding their why and like not knowing what questions to ask. And the only thing that that's like came to my mind, and we've talked about the idea of like heroes and anti-heroes in the past, Connor, but I think it's like one of the things I've been trying to examine in my own life, whether it's a, it's a whether it's an actual person like my father or my brother, um, or it's a fictional character like Hercules, thinking about 
the characters real and fake in my life that I look up to and admire and asking, why do I admire them? Like, what about what they're doing makes me admire them? And then it's like, oh, maybe that, maybe, maybe there's something there uh, for my own mission statement. Maybe not. Maybe I just like him as a character. That's fine. But maybe it's like, you know, the loyalty of my brother, which uh, is absolutely something I admire. Um, or just like the strength of my father or the courage of Hercules, right? So it's like, I mean, I, I, to me, that that's one good way to, if you're stuck at a loss of like, I don't know what I stand for. I, it's at least a good thought process to go through, I think. Um, yeah. But, and, and I, and I, sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think along with that, one of the good things, if you do get stuck um, and you're struggling a little bit with this is, you know, find three to five people that you trust, that you that you can look up to, um, that you can have these conversations with, and just let them kind of stir the pot a little bit to get the juices flowing, so to speak, um, of developing that why. And that's also, I think, one of the importance of making sure that you can have a mentor uh, or mentors in your life that, again, are not just people um, that are always going to say you're doing great um which is it i mean that's that's a great thing but you also want to have somebody that's going to be real with you and help you grow as an individual and sometimes that means having a tough conversation or saying something they don't necessarily want to hear because we as human beings don't always see that in ourselves um it's just tough you know again working on self-awareness is an important part but i think if someone struggles with that i think that's also a good place to start with too is not only the descriptive terms, but, you know, ask other people what they see. Like, what is the perspective that they give off, you give off to them? Um, is that where you want to be? Do you feel like that's you or do you have a different sense of yourself? Yeah, I think, I think both of those are extremely valuable. Uh, and frankly, you know, whatever, whatever the means are or the means is of, of getting there, um, almost becomes irrelevant. I think it's, it's, it's great to have, uh, actually, no, I've not, I've never thought about an approach to why, uh, in the way that you propose So thinking about people that, that I admire and, and trying to discern like common attributes and qualities. Right. Um, I've certainly had, you know, I've, uh, I've done the, the, the core values, uh, reflection exercise that you were describing, uh, Cody and, I'm fortunate to have, um, you know, some very close mentors, uh, also that you were talking about, um, who, who've kind of helped me out along the way. And, uh, there's some other exercises that I, we, we may or not have talked about on here. Um, I know we've, we've talked about the, uh, the letters to, to love death and time. I think that's a, a valuable exercise to just give a little bit more perspective on, you know, where it is that you want to be and the kind of person that you want to be. Um, I also think a, a powerful one that Noah, you and I have talked about, but again, uh, forgive me. I, I, I don't remember if we've talked about it on a recorded episode of the podcast, um, is to write your own eulogy, uh, and think about the kind of legacy that you want to leave and then try to take a step back from there. And, and if, if that's the result that you want to create, what is the kind of person, uh, that you have to be in order to make that happen? Um, I think that's at least a way to get close. I don't know that that's going to firmly get you into to yeah. why so much 
it'll, it'll lead you strongly into how, and then you can kind of pick pieces apart from there. Um, I don't know. I think, I think the best way that, that I've figured it out thus far, uh, is that initial exercise Cody that you were talking about with, you started a long list of words and you whittle it down to a few that resonate with you. And then you, you just try to live your life in a way that is in alignment with, with those, uh, characteristics and with those values. So although now, even as I talk through it, those, those to me are, are more of an articulation of how, like, that's how I want to live my life. I want to be, uh, you know, empathetic and express leadership and, you know, show gratitude, you know, whatever the things are. Um, yeah. And I'm not disagreeing with that. I think again, that's just a springboard. Um, that helps, I think, get to the, the articulation of you want with your why. That's the reflection of, okay, so those are the words that you chose of who you wanted to be. Why? Uh, again, that, yeah. that would just be my question of, okay, yeah. what drives, you know, why are you choosing those? Why have you been driven to those words? Uh, and I would also say when you start to put together your why, kind of your mission state statement within your own life is, you know, it, it wouldn't don't necessarily do it as a thesis. Um, have it something where you can draw it to your mind that you can recall um, pretty easy. Um, I'm I'm I I'm like trying to do this real time and like think about what mine even is, um, and it's actually it's very it's hard. It's uh, because like you said, a lot of what you go to actually turn out to be hows. Yeah, that's and where so, I'm fighting against that. And I think the point I'm getting, a point I've got to at least, I think I mentioned a, 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 one of my favorite poems is this, it's Success is the name of the poem. And um, it, one of my favorite movies is Kingdom of Heaven. And, and this, there are two quotes, one from the poem and one from Kingdom of Heaven. One, the, the from Kingdom of Heaven, it's, it's I don't know that this fits exactly, but it's, uh, what man is a man that does not make the world a better place? And so effectively the idea that like everybody has something to offer the world. And then it, from the, the poem is it, the origins of it are actually a mystery. turns out that there's a, like a, I can't remember the, the woman's name, but she like, there was a contest that a newspaper put out to, for people to, enter submissions about the definition of success. And she submitted this poem uh, and it's now often attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson um, nefariously, not nefariously, uh, erroneously. Um, but anyway, the line is uh, to leave the world a little bit like uh, to leave the world a better place Um and to like, it, it's, I'm going to butcher it without having it in front of me, but it's basically to like, to leave the world a little bit better place and to know that one life has breathed easier because you existed. That is to have succeeded. And I think that's the closest I like just in, again, I'll have to spend more time with it, but in the 15 minutes we've been talking about it, that seems to me um, to be at least the starting point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that, 
you know, if for those listening, uh, if you find yourself in uh, just as a, a stuck a place or even a place where I was, this has been an extremely enlightening for me. If for no other reason, then, you know, here, here I am and here I've been living with what I thought was this clearly articulated why. And it turns out that really it exists more in, in how. Uh, so uh, point being, if you find yourself in a similar place, you know, don't let that be discouraging to you. Uh, I would argue on the, on the one hand, you are farther along than anyone and everyone who has not yet given this any consideration. Um, and on the other hand, uh, you're, you're close. You're keep, keep working with it. Uh, and ultimately when you figure out what that why is, uh, it's, I, I gotta believe that it's going to make an unbelievable difference in every every facet of your life. Yeah, and so we could go through. So, Connor, why do you work out? Uh, there. Are, so there are a number of reasons um, to ensure that I am uh, healthy for years and years to come. Um, and if I, <laughs> yeah, okay, let's, let's, how do you want me to, you want me to try to give a, a, a multiple or do you want to, you want to roll with one? Just, no, whatever. This is your why, man. Sure. Um, so to, uh, keep my biomarkers, uh, as far, uh, as, as close to, peak health as I possibly can uh, to ensure that that remains the case for years and generations to come so that I can play with Nala for years and years as she fired up again. Um, and as I can, uh, you know, be able to play with my children and grandchildren um, so that I can be physically fit to respond to those around me who may need me to be that for them. Um, because I love how it feels. I love the challenge. I love the rush. I love the the lessons that that physical fitness and, and exertion and exercise can teach you. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I can keep going. But uh, those are those are really the big ones that that come out at you right away. Okay. Why do you think those have been ingrained into your thought? Yeah, uh, I had a, I had a feeling. I had a sneaking suspicion that might be the next. <laughs> The next question, um, because I value giving back to those around me and I want to ensure that I am in a condition to be able to do that for as long as I possibly can be. Uh, and I value, yeah, I, I think both, both per, like selfishly and selflessly, it stems, it, it comes back to that. Yeah. Uh, and, and see, that's where that desire. I would almost even argue that there's a little bit more of your why with that second statement than the things you rattle off in the first part. Like, those, right. again, those are all great whys to have in there, but are those really the true whys? Yeah. God, it is so funny. Uh, you just played me like a fiddle. Uh, 
if and the reason that I say that is so, uh, Cody, I don't know if you know this, but I uh, do nutrition coaching. Sorry, you guys, Nala's really on one right now. There must be like a, a real juicy squirrel out there that she's got her eyes on. <laughs> um, uh, I do uh, I do nutrition coaching, um, and uh, every every client that I work with uh, for the first week or arguably two weeks, we intentionally do not talk about nutrition at all. Um, mm-hmm. And instead, what I ask them to do is to get really, really clear on their goals. And we go through this, this five whys exercise, which I believe is exactly the route that you are taking me down, uh, where you ask someone, you know, what are, what are your goals? Uh, and so they would say, um, you know, for example, I, uh, because I want to run a marathon, like, okay, well, why do you want to run a marathon? Um, because it's always been on my bucket list. Why is it on your bucket list? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've always, you know, I want to do hard things. Well, why do you want to do hard things? Because I want to prove to myself that I'm someone that stands up in the face of adversity, right? And you you keep going down. Um, you ask, in theory, the exercise dictates five levels of why until eventually at that point, if you've dug that deep, inevitably, like we saw here in the, in the, the abbreviated version of that exercise with, with myself, uh, what you end up with is going to be much more resonant and much more powerful and much closer to, I think, a truer why than what you start with. And the reason that I bring all that up is it's so funny. Uh, here I am having put people through that exercise countless times as I've begun working with them. And yet I have not yet put it into practice clearly enough to be able to, when being asked, Connor, what's your why, tell you right off the bat that fifth, sixth, seventh, however deep you want to go, level of why. Um, it's just, it's fascinating to me how we can, we can know and we can teach uh, and we st- sometimes still don't apply uh, on a personal level that same, that same concepts. And again, I think it gets back to uh, the people that are around you, you know, iron sharpens iron kind of thing of having those people in your circle that are going to help keep you accountable, that are going to help push you to that third, fourth, fifth, sixth layer, whatever that may be. Um, Because I think that's where the big growth comes. That's where you're going to get the change. And that's where you're going to ultimately get to what's the story that you want people telling you at your, or people speaking at your eulogy, like you mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm convinced that 75, probably more actually, I'm going to say 80, 80% of life is, uh, having a good system of reminders. Um, and so it's like, (laughs) we've talked in the past about, I mean, it's the purpose of the Oasis, right? Is like cultivating this place where we can return consistently to be reminded of the things that matter Um, because it is like, it's human nature to just forget those things. We, we, for whatever reason, they move themselves from the front of our mind to the back of our mind by things that happen in our everyday life. And it's like, like Cody was saying, it's, it's whether it's through this podcast or conversations with the people in your life that you consider to be the iron sharpening you um, that kind of pull those fundamental things back to the front of your mind um, kind of continuously. So that never a lot, never 
allowing you to lose the things that matter for too long. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's true. And it, and it's, it serves as, it's funny. Uh, it's, it's kind of meta. Uh, it's, it serves as a powerful reminder of the power of those reminders, right? Like how often do yeah. we, do we let ourselves intentionally or unintentionally off the hook and get away from either the wise themselves or the reminders of the wise and in doing so start to compromise how we're showing up for ourselves and for others. So here's a question then. So with that and understanding that for the people that are listening to, what do you think are some of the best steps to help uh, have those, those reminders um, present so that they can see them? Do you th- for example, do you think it's more of a, a picture? Do you think it's more of a, a list of words that are on there? Um, is it again, conversations? Is it a reminder on their phone that pops up every week or every month? Uh, just in your opinion for people that might be thinking, okay, well, that's all nice and neat, but what are some of those things? Can you give some practical examples? Yeah, I, I can go first. And this is actually a perfect segue into the poem that I referenced. I also feel like I butchered it and mangled it so deeply that I should just read the whole thing. It won't take <laughs> off. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be an Oasis Project episode if you didn't read something for us. Uh. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm going to read it. <laughs> that is so true. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, no, it's great. The, okay, so it's to, lo- to laugh often and love much, to win the respect of intelligent persons and the affection of children, to earn the approbation of honest citizens and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, find the best in others, to give oneself, to leave the world a little bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to have played and laughed with enthusiasm and sung with exaltation. To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. That is to have succeeded. So that poem I had taped to my mirror at all of law school. And so every morning when I would go into the uh, into my bathroom, I would stand face to face with uh, probably the closest thing to a, a why. Um, as I like reflect on it as... I mean, I can, I, yeah, I think that actually just might, that might sum up. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. like for me, for me, it was a combination of things like that. Uh, like a combination of, of like the quotes that inspired me or that for whatever reason I like drew strength from. Um, so that's like one example. The other example is I think I've talked in the past about how, my introduction to Marcus Aurelius is what started this fascination of uh, creating an album on my phone titled Sanctuary that is filled with screenshots from books, of like book pages. Um, and then from that, I now have a list of 156 things uh, in my notes called the, o- it's literally called the Oasis. And it's like 156 reminders uh, that if I'm, a lot of times what will happen is if I'm like on a long plane ride uh, and my phone's on Bluetooth, I'll pull open that sanctuary photo album or I'll pull up that list of notes and just go through them. And that seems to be a, it seems to work for me. And then also I've started now to um, 
purchase art. And so I have that, that picture of John Bellion. I have this, it's called the voyage of life. Um, and it's like a three, three painting series of it. It's kind of four painting series. Sorry. Um, and then I, I just got one actually that's called from I think ecstasies ecstase. I'm not sure how you actually pronounce it, but it's E C T A S E. And it's like an art. It's an art medium that I got introduced to on Instagram, but there's one specifically where it's, it's a, like a painting of a, a guy standing with his back, standing, looking up at a mountain and at the top of the mountain, there's a single tree at the top of the mountain. And there's like this radiant, like there's like this radiance coming from the tree. And so that picture to me means so many things because it, it means um, just two things. And then I'll, I won't, I'll try not to monopolize this conversation, but <laughs> the one thing is it, is it like the tree at the top of that larger mountain has come to represent the tree of the tree of wisdom for me. And so it's like the tree of life. And so it's like, so I'm going to start with that. And then that in connection with Arthur Brooks wrote this book, I think it's called the second mountain or the second peak. I can't remember what it's called, but it's essentially the idea that in life, um, so much of us spent, it's kind of the same thing of like, you, you've, you've heard of like, be careful what ladder you're climbing and make sure it's leaning against the right wall. Um, yeah. And so the idea is that it's so easy for us to spend a lot of time. And I think this is a, just a necessary thing of when we grow up, we, we're scaling a certain mountain. And at the top of that mountain is the material success and everything that the world says you need to be happy. And you get to that top of the mountain only to realize that there's another higher, more meaningful mountain that you should have climbed. And that's like what I'll call that mountain represents the journey of the soul, perfecting the soul, um, you know, like carving the soul that you want, uh, being a good person, as Marcus would say, like, uh, like to me, that's what that second mountain represents. And so when I see that picture uh, that I bought of this, like this tree of life standing at the top of a bit larger mountain, to me, that represents the journey of, oh, this is the journey that you want to take, that you want to spend the rest of your life doing. It's scaling the mountain that matters and carving the soul that you want with the idea that like the tree of wisdom awaits at the top. You're never going to get there, but that's the mountain you need to be scaling. Um, and so, so for me, it's a combination of, of, you know, notes on my phone, pictures on my phone, things that for whatever reason, when I encounter them on like Instagram or just art that captures me, um, or it's David Brooks, sorry, not Arthur Brooks, David Brooks. It's called the second mountain. That's what it is. Um, anyway, so that's my own personal, uh, recipe i guess and it's not it's not infallible by any means but it's it's proven effective for me when i need it most yeah yeah and i think i think ultimately uh that's what's most important right it's like whatever the means are whether it's a, a physical reminder like like what you're expressing with something that's taped up on the mirror or you've got a sticky note that you see every time you open a daily journal or uh, photos on your phone or the screensaver or the background on your phone or your computer, um, art or, uh, 
even something like a tattoo, right? That is, that is a, a permanent affixion to your body. Um, I personally have, have long struggled with the concept of tattoos where I, I waffle back and forth between, uh, I would only get a tattoo if, if something was so important to me that I needed it as a constant reminder all the time. Uh, but then on the other side, it's like, well, if I, if it's that important to me, then do I need a constant reminder all the time? And sure enough, uh, here we are having the conversation where the answer for so many people to that question is yes, because for one reason or another, life happens and uh, somehow or another that reminder is lost on us. Uh, so if I've ever even accidentally judged someone for getting a tattoo and you're listening to this, uh, my bad, my heart goes out to you. Uh, and, you know, so whether it be a, a physical representation like that or, um, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with, uh, something that you both have brought up in, in different respects, um, you know, someone who either they they embody what it what you want your why to be, uh, and so that you can, um, you know, you can and in them bringing it to life, you can more easily be reminded of it and bring it to life for yourself. Uh, or they inspire you to to live out your why. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a cop out answer because all these things are even by being. Uh, a little bit more tangible, a little bit more actionable. They're still relatively abstract in that, like, I can't, I can't tell you what the quote is that you should have on your phone background uh, as, as convenient as that would be, because I can't tell you what your why is. Only you can figure out what your why is. And only you will know truly what that why is. Uh, but then once you do, Hopefully you can adopt one of these techniques to ensure that uh, like you have now heard both Noah and I go through in real time uh, to ensure that you don't get caught up so much in how that you forget about what the why is or that you don't uh, through the circumstances of life as they unfold around you lose sight of what why is or what or, or whatever yeah, however that comes to pass. Yeah. And as I like think about too, just the, the why that I was talking about, it's like now, I mean, I think I had like started to realize this over the last few months, but now it's like painfully apparent to me that like to the extent I feel discontent with my job, it is in direct proportion, the extent to which I have deviated from my why or feel like I am sacrificing that for my profession. Mm. And so it's like, the more I can line that up, it's the, it's the, like the alignment of the, the value with how I'm spending my, the votes I'm casting every day with my actions, right? Like, yeah, hundred percent. It's like my, the, the votes I'm casting, the habits I'm creating, the, how I'm spending my time, uh, you know, in the same way that, that you are, have you seen Harry Potter? You're asking me? Yeah. So there's a weird, there's a, there's a weird state, uh, Ron Weasley at one point, um, when they, they run into the Whomping Willow and he looks at Harry and he says, follow the spiders. And the idea is that like, if you follow the spiders, it'll tell you the tale. It's, you could say something similar to, uh, like, um, in like financial literature, there's a, it's basically like, 
follow the money? Like, how are you, like, basically what, how, how, what does how you're spending your money say about you and the things you value in the same way you could say, what does how you spend your time say about you versus, and like, how is that, how is that in, in friction or intention with the things you say that you want? It's kind of, uh, what's the, the, you sent me a quote one time that was like, how am I complicit in the creating the conditions I say I don't want or something like that? Uh, Do you remember? Anyway, point being, my head. I might, yeah, go ahead. I might be able to yeah, have it. Yeah. I'm not sure the exact wording matters, but point, point just being, it's like, I feel like so much of the anxiousness that we all feel is when whether articulated or unarticulated has something to do with our everyday life being out of alignment with our why. And so I think it's so important that we figure out in order to know when we're out of alignment, we have to figure like do the hard work to actually articulate what that thing we're out of alignment with is so that we can work every day to be more and more in alignment with it as much as possible in whatever we do. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. In a way. Um, Um, Yeah. It's, it's a, a critical time with everything happening around us to force ourselves to, to stop and, take a step back and do whatever we need to do to figure out why it is why what we're doing or why it is that we're doing what we're doing or why it is that we uh, aren't doing what we're doing or, mm-hmm. or why it is that we are not doing something else. Um, yeah. And as we've seen here too, that's not easy always. I mean, that's the fuzziness that Simon Sinek kind of refers to of the why. And that's why not everyone does it is because, it's it's work. It's it's tough to to figure that out. Um, but again, it, once you can kind of get to those different layers, the change um, and the evolution that can come because of that uh, are astounding. Because that's when you can inspire people, and that's when you can start to get change. Yeah. But. Anyway, I'm, I'm not between our, again, our, our, our fractured podcast. I think we're probably running up against like two hours here. And this always goes so stinking fast. Um, but the one thing we did not have Cody do after we gave our descriptions of the comfort challenge was to offer his own um, challenge yes. to us, lay down the gauntlet of sorts. And so um, with that, uh, Cody, have you thought about what you would like to force Connor and I to endure. <laughs> I have. Um, actually, this it's not as easy as you might think it is. Um, I've gone back and forth with so many different things. Uh, you know, do I try to do something physical? Do I try to do something mental? Yada, yada. I shared some of my ideas with Noah the other day. Um, but then when I think I kind of landed on, um, it, there's it's kind of twofold here. Um and it ties a little bit into the why and also a little bit because uh, somebody just had their birthday yesterday. Um, and uh, <laughs> something pretty special. Just kidding. Um, 
So for those out there that don't know, it was Noah's birthday yesterday. So you all can reach out to him and still wish him a happy belated birthday if you haven't done so already. Um, but with that, so the first part, this one's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's not too taxing. But I, I think it's a good exercise and I still have some work I have to do on myself because even reflecting. But coming up with what a goal is and why is that your goal for all the decades that you have left until you reach 100. So what I mean by this is, so when you reach 40, what is something you still want to be able to do or accomplish or whatever? And again, it doesn't have to be um, anything. So I'll give an example. Uh, I, no way. I don't typically like to share this because I just keep it because I keep it to myself. But one thing that I want to do by a goal of mine and what kind of drives a little bit of my why and why I stay active is when I turn 40, I still want to be able to dunk a basketball. <laughs> That's a, that good is a good one. Um, nice. And again, I know that might sound weird, but to me, that means that I'm living my life a certain way to still be able to do that when I'm 40. So every year on my birthday, I usually play noon basketball. That didn't happen this year with COVID. Um, but I was still able to find a hoop and I, it just takes me longer to warm up to do it now than what it used to. Um, but every year on my birthday, I find a hoop. And so far, again, I've been successful in dunking it every year on my birthday. Um, and that also drives in one of my other goals is when I'm a hundred years old, I want to run a hundred meter dash. Oh yes. God, this and I don't care what my, I don't care what my time is. Um, I, again, whatever my run quote unquote run will be at that stage. Um, that's what I want to be able to do. So those are two big ones I have. I have for 40 and hundred, but I don't, I still need to develop one of 50, 60, 70, 80, and 90. And so that's kind of my, my first challenge is, and again, I know this is a, a long standing one. So this is kind of a part A, I guess, of the challenge. Um, it kind of tying into the why of come up with something for every decade of your life that you'd like to accomplish. Murph at 60. There you That's go. Hell yeah. That's one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay. So part B then. And so that's the long term. Now we're going to look short term kind of a little bit more too. And again, this was something that I even thought about today and even more so solidified with our conversation just with so much going on, um, in society right now again, being thankful is a, an important thing. Um, and especially in the written word, as you guys have talked about many times, um, or even different conversations that I know I've heard. And so what I know you've done a little bit of some of with your comfort challenges in the past with this, but what I think can be even a little bit more transformational is to think of three people. Um, you know, I, I, I'll own this a little bit because I think back to my being a professor, the teacher, educator, um, but have three people in mind and write. So physically write a thank you to that person and try to explain the rationale for why you're thanking them in that letter mm -hmm. and send it to them so that they have that physical reminder. Um, Cause I, so Again, example I'll, I'll talk about in class. So talk about how the endocrine system and the nervous system are similar. They're both communications. 
and I relate the nervous system kind of like a text message. You can send a text, send it off. You know, I use the reference of say, you know, you had a graduation. Thank you. You could send thank you to that person that gave you, you know, 20 bucks. But you can also write a letter. Again, writing a letter takes longer, but sometimes it can have a longer lasting effect, kind of like hormones can compared to the nervous system. Sorry, again, everybody out there that's listening, I'm an anatomy teacher. This is just references I use in my head. Oh, I yeah, lean into it, man. Nerd out. <laughs> um, and so I think that would be a, a good challenge, especially with, again, with everything going on, having some some positive things out there and, you know, just the appreciation that people can feel and understand of, Hey, you helped me in my life. And, you know, I don't even know if you notice this, but this is why I, I just wanted to send a, a quick thank you. And again, I'm not saying it has to be a long note or essay. You can do whatever you want, but I think you should come up with three people and just write um, a thank you card to them and send it to them. I love that. And I don't, I don't know good. if I was, if I should have had uh, two parts to my comfort challenge, but it's mine. So yeah, that's all right. yeah, I guess that's what we get for making him do it. Right. right? Yeah. Worst, worst, worst case uh, you can play ignorant as, Oh, this is the first time somebody else has come up with it. So I didn't know anybody. <laughs> no, I think it works out great. <laughs> no precedent. He's not the president. Practically George Washington <laughs> of comfort challenge. That's right. That's right. Um, but that, so the, uh, the only last thing I'll mention, um, is one of my favorite going back to our dad and the, uh, this goes part of the reason I want to try to remain healthy and active is I mean some of my most fond memories growing up were all of us going to the high school or doing something and going and working out together and getting my butt kicked by my dad and my brother but it's like for my future kids that is something I absolutely want to be able to offer them too is Seriously, like part of like growing. He wants to kick their butt. He wants to get back. No, no well, partially. They gonna learn today. <laughs> no, but yeah, just just being able to like share that with my future child, like being able to work out with them. Because when I think about, I mean, for me personally, probably my most fond memory is I, I used to sit on my dad's back and he would do push-ups. Like, yeah. I want to be able to do that with my kid. Yeah, you know, um, I. But, yeah, no, I, I love it. And Noah can take the lead just so everyone out there can hear that on the waves now. He's not the young kid that he was anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my my goal my goal for you, Noah, is for you to do 40 push-ups with me on your back at 40. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring it full circle. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I love it a lot. And and. I would be remiss not to share at least one, one fun father story, uh, in keeping the, keeping the trend going here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, I'll never forget this. My dad, uh, to celebrate his 50th birthday, uh, one repped a 505 pound back squat. Uh, he, it was on a Smith rack. So it was a little bit more stabilized, but still like 505 is 505. Uh, and he had my brother and I on either side of him kind of still spotting to whatever extent one needs on a Smith machine. Uh, and I'll never forget this, this dude walks up to the barbell, grabs it on either side. He's got Metallica blaring loud enough to blow out the speakers <laughs> of the gym, uh, headbutts the barbell, 
gets in underneath, <laughs> does his rep, stands it up, racks it, and grabs my brother and I and pulls us into his chest to where uh, our heads all, all but collided with each other. And then we basically gave each other a concussion. Uh, and he's just like gasping for breath, dripping sweat on our heads. Like, I love you. You hear me? I love you both. <laughs> just like, damn, if I can do, if I can do anything close to that, uh, at 50, much less, that's, that's the kind of life I want to live. So thank you, Cody, yeah, for, for giving awesome. us the uh, inspiration to, to be thinking about that. Uh, while we still got some, some time to, to make, what we want to make happen happen yeah it's awesome um i don't know uh cody anything else you want to leave the people with before we sign off for the week uh well first again just want to thank um connor and noah for allowing me to to come on here and ramble a little bit i mean the school year's done so i gotta find some way to ramble <laughs> yeah. i don't have the classroom uh, um but one of the other things is too, again, just the challenge for all those listening is it's not easy, but continue to just ask yourself why. Uh, keep pushing, um, keep digging because you may think you're at the bottom, but actually just another book that I read, The Bottom of the Pool by Andy Andrews, um, he gets into a lot of that. Uh, I would recommend it. It's a pretty quick, easy read, um, but just continue to keep pushing. Um, continue to keep asking yourself why. Uh, you may think you're there, but again, don't stop at the, the easy stuff. Keep pushing through. I love it. With that, Fiat Luke's. <laughs>